motivational interviewing in the workplace. Better employee engagement and motivation is possible. Everybody is a genius. But if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing it is stupid. The question I have for you at this point of our journey together is, what is your genius? Albert Einstein. Affirmations, empowerment, and open-ended questions. Perhaps Albert Einstein was the first person ever to use motivational interviewing. Okay, this is going to be our second podcast where we dive a little deeper into MI, specifically on how it fits into your workplace culture. It fits into the ways you interact with your team. And if you're a leader, the way you manage and lead and inspire your staff. We're going to talk about what is motivational interviewing, the importance of achievement, MI in staff retention, creating a non-judgmental workplace and the benefits of that, giving advice, respect, and open-ended questions. My favorite type of questions originated by William R. Miller and Stephen Rolnick. Motivational interviewing is a collaborative conversation style that strengthens an individual's motivation and commitment to change. It was initially developed to help substance abuse patients and has been proven highly effective in various situations, including the workplace. Substance abuse therapy used to be you have a problem. You have an issue. You need to do something about it. And the outcomes just weren't that great. And I highly encourage you to search Dr. Miller's lecture on YouTube when he talks a little bit more in detail about how MI originated. According to the book, Motivational Interviewing, Helping People Change, the third edition, uh, from 2002 to 2013, more than 25,000 articles have cited MI with over 200 clinical trials demonstrating its effectiveness. effectiveness. And I believe that's over 2,000 now. It, both those numbers actually have grown substantially in the last 10 years. There is no doubt that MI has a powerful effect on inspiring personal and professional change. And for the sake of this podcast, we're going to dive a little deeper into the professional side uh, for sure. In my experiences professionally, uh, as a program manager, an area lead, a director, when I was able to incorporate MI principles into the organizational culture, it created a supportive atmosphere, it encouraged idea sharing, uh, psychological safety, independent problem solving. These, these were all positive consequences that were attributed to me uh, integrating the MI principles into the workplace. And what happens as well is you create other leaders. And that's what you want, because if you're creating other leaders, that means you're creating other problem solvers. So when problems arise in the workplace, and spoiler alert, they will, you want leaders to be able to critically problem solve and work through those uh, challenges on their own independently and have faith and confidence that they can solve it or you as a leader all you're going to be doing is putting out fires and if that's all you're doing you can't really scratch the surface on elevating your team your organization or yourself because you're so focused on fixing 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 other things in your culture one of the fundamental principles of mi 
in the workplace is the belief in the inherent strength of team members. So everyone on your team has strengths that can contribute to a positive workplace culture and lead you towards success. Your role is to identify those strengths, but even more importantly, when you talk about MIs, help others identify uh, what they bring to the table. MI recognizes everyone has an innate desire and capability to change and grow. There are many examples of people who desire to stay the same or appear that they just want the status quo, but at our core, there really is no biological incentive to remain stagnant. There is no incentive to not grow. We Everything we do, every choice we make is a reflection of our desire to uh, learn, uh, put ourselves in a better position to succeed, strive for the things that make us happy, and having success in new things and being successful at the things that are important to us that creates a positive response biologically. So we want to strive for that. That doesn't occur if you're just stagnant, if you're just the same, if you're just going through the motion, if you're just quiet quitting. Uh, MI helps stir that internal motivation and draw that out of your team. Because uh, the bottom line is we all want to strive for achievement and celebrate our successes. Sometimes people will tell me, oh, no, I don't really need to. You do. You do. That's why if, if you if you think you don't, I, I would bet some money that at least three, four times a week you're on Indeed.com uh, looking, just just glancing at those other opportunities. Interesting enough, when I provide training, you know, there's always at least one or two people that verbalize, uh, I guess, I don't know if it's a strong word, but disdain for personal recognition. Like, no, I don't need that. I don't need affirmation. I don't need a pat on the back. You know, there's always that thing. But what's interesting is the people who are very adamant about that approach or that perspective, they tend to be the same attendees who are, are participating most in the discussions. They are searching uh, for validation of their viewpoints. And then when I acknowledge and affirm their perspective, even though I might not necessarily agree with it, uh, they appreciate that they're allowed to verbalize their past experiences, their perspectives, and their style in the workplace. Uh, they then talk themselves into the value of uh, MI. I, I believe that recognition and celebration of achievement is something everybody wants. Um, but like a lot of things, especially when you're in a relationship or you're codependent on someone, you want it without having to ask for it, <laughs> you know? Uh, yes, I want my supervisors to give me props for succeeding in this challenge that I'm proud I was able to overcome. But I do not want to have to ask my supervisor to affirm me for what I did. You should do it. That's what I want, right? And if you don't do it, then I'll say, see, they don't really care. Uh, it's kind of like, my wife wanted me to take the trash to the curb without telling me to take the trash to the curb, that, that type of thing. I, if she has to tell me, then that means I was just walking past the full trash can and not doing it. If she has to tell me, now it's her saying, see, he really doesn't care and he's only doing it because I asked him to. <laughs> and I don't want to dive too deep onto the personal stuff here. Uh, but it's definitely about not because someone else told me to do it, but because I believe it's the best thing for the team.
or the relationship or the workplace. A 2019 study from Columbia College discovered that the two most prominent factors that promote staff retention are helping employees create short and long-term goals and consistent commendations about their progress. So this could be a pay raise, obviously, is a big one. Uh, When someone says, you know what, we really recognize all the hard work you're doing, you're taking on additional responsibilities, and you've been crushing it. As a result, you know, we decided we want to, you know, give you this much of an increase. That can go a long way, a long way for people. And if it can't be that uh, in that moment, the celebration of anniversaries is a big deal. That is an achievement. If I've been with your organization for a year, that's a big deal. I achieved. You achieved. I achieved. We did it together. Let's celebrate this anniversary. Birthdays, that's an achievement. You made it another year. Performance milestones. Again, Sometimes people don't like to get caught up in affirmations or recognition because they're like, I shouldn't have to give you a pat on the back for just doing your job. No, but if they go above and above and beyond or they elevate themselves or they had certain goals lined up and not only did they reach them, but they exceeded them. Why not give them props for that? It just it's it's just positive reinforcement. They're going to be more likely to want to set higher goals and achieve more. If there is no reinforcement, then even if I have an internal desire, eventually I'm just going to I'm going to burn out because what's the point? Or the more common thing is, again, go on Indeed.com and look for, you know, an organization that will help recognize Um, we want to achieve and celebrate our progress. We want to celebrate our growth. We want to celebrate our our success. Um, And am I, when you uh, create a culture of compassion, evocation, uh, autonomy, collaboration, all of that contributes uh, to helping people highlight their successes. And, you know, quite frankly, if you disregard everything, if, if you ignore everything I just said and you're like, first of all, credit to you for ignoring everything I just said, yet still continue listening. I, I do appreciate that. But let's say, you know, for whatever reason you did, don't, if you're, especially if you're a leader or a manager or supervisor, do not disregard this. Uh, Absorb this one thing. If your team believes they are ineffective in their work, they will leave. If your team believes they are ineffective in their work, they will leave. If they, if they do not believe they can succeed, they will leave. And it is sometimes hard for uh, hard for us to recognize our own success because we are with us all of the time. So the things that from an outside perspective, we would look at and say, wow, they really crushed it. They really did a good job. From your perspective, you might just think, well, that really wasn't that spectacular because you're with yourself all the time. So that's why it's important for outside people and objective people and supervisors and leaders to recognize that progress for them, help them notice their strengths and what they bring to the table and how well they're doing. It's critical because as soon as I don't think I am, I'm gone, they're gone. Um, It's no secret that employers must empower employees to take charge of their development by acknowledging and respecting the inherent desire to grow. Uh, Again, there is no incentive to stay the same. Now, there are justifications and rationalizations to stay the same. 
Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people that yearn for that status quo, but there's really no incentive to stay the same. Incentives, uh, positive reinforcement, that is what can lead to growth. Um, And what it also does is it creates a sense of ownership, autonomy, uh, and then increases engagement and motivation. And all this is that positive reinforcement cycle that keeps your team motivating and wanting to elevate their performance. And the other thing MI does is it, it realizes that each person is the expert in their own change and in their own goal planning and in their ability to complete tasks. Why? Because they have direct access to their own strengths, their brain, right? Uh, So because of that, we need to help empower them to feel that they are the CEO of their job description. Yes, they have a framework to follow, uh, but they also have the power to design a path toward success that matches their strength, vision, and excitement for the mission. Uh, Another essential principle of MI is the focus on collaboration and a non-judgmental approach. And, And let me just take one more step back real quick. The excitement for the mission is super important. Am I enthusiastic about being a part of this team? Because I can be excited for how much I make, but there's other ways to make money. Um, I can be excited for the hours of my job, but there's a lot of other places that are hiring that might offer more flexibility. But if I am excited for the mission, the vision, if what uh, this team is doing connects directly to my purpose, that's going to get me out of bed on the hard days and empower me to remain optimistic during those times as well. Uh, we, you want your team to be excited to be there. Not That doesn't mean every day is going to be great and we're always going to be happy, but you're excited to achieve. And, and that's what we want. Um, another essential principle of MI, uh, as I just mentioned, uh, is collaboration, the non-judgmental approach. Instead of opposing solutions or giving unsolicited advice, employers using MI, they use active listening, uh, empathy, and reflection. I know I said earlier when I was talking about if your team believes they're ineffective in the work, they will leave. That's the most important tip of this podcast but if you, if you ignored that one, and then again, if you did, kudos to you for still being here. Let me give you the second most important part of this. Uh, stop giving unsolicited advice. Give unsolicited feedback if you have to. Now, remember, feedback is just an observation of what you're seeing with the understanding that your observation could be incorrect. You're just providing it as a way to help someone. Advice is telling them what to do. The quickest way to to demonstrate uh, a lack of respect or hurt trust or take ownership from your team is just constantly firing off unsolicited advice. Don't do it. And and that's in your personal life, too. If you really want to give advice, just ask the person, do you mind if I give you a suggestion? Do you mind if I if I share something? Just do that. If they say no or they don't want it. They weren't going to take it anyways. So um, pull back a little bit on that unsolicited, <laughs> unsolicited advice. Um, when you do that, this, this approach creates a safe space for employees to express their thoughts, their concerns, their aspirations without fear of judgment. Uh, and, and doing so, it fosters a, a culture of open communication, 
trust, and, and all of this is essential for building solid relationships with the workplace. And obviously, without trust, um, that's just a recipe for things to go wrong in the workplace. That's just a recipe for mistakes to snowball into some really damaging situations because trust isn't just, I feel I can talk to you. It's, do I trust that when I do, that information is going to be received in a non-judgmental way. You're not going to kill me for it if you disagree or if it was the wrong course of action. Um, trust inspires loyalty. Your, your employees, uh, your team, even during the tough times, they're going to be more likely to be loyal to you as a leader in your organization if they trust you as a leader in your organization. They might even respect you, um, but if they don't trust you, eventually we're going to be back on Indeed.com. When I was a uh, recreation uh, center director, we had three flag football referees uh, call out on game day. So it was a uh, flag football day. Uh, I was leading uh, the entire day. And then, of course, about an hour before the game start, three flag, three of our refs call out. Uh, then someone else comes to me and says, hey, Curtis, uh, the scoreboards aren't working. <laughs> okay. And then uh, I'm like, all right, well, where are the flags at? And they're like, oh, they're in uh, Billy's car. Some, I think Billy left them in his car or or. He, they might be at the center. I'm, we're not sure. So we didn't bring the flags. I got three referees called out. The scoreboard isn't working. I'm, I'm about to lose it a little bit. So I started calling some other team members to see if we can first get these shifts covered. And then uh, my supervisor, who who just happened to be there just overseeing things, turned to me and said, hmm, Curtis, maybe you should start scheduling on-call staff so you're not scrambling at the last minute when this happens. See, here's the thing. This was good advice, but the timing and tone? No, 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 no. Why are you giving me this advice right now? And this is just a, a phenomenal example of you could have good advice, but the wrong time, it completely destroys um, the use of it or the value it has because I am not, I have, I have to put out four or five fires right now. I don't want to hear what you think I should have did in the Monday morning quarterback mode in the midst of me trying to put out these fires. So that was a very frustrating experience. Now I did talk to that supervisor later about it. And because, you know, there was that trust there, we were able to work through it. And, and the supervisor was like, yeah, my bad. I should, I should have, should have waited. One of the primary components of MI in a workplace is creating a compassionate, non-judgmental atmosphere free of shame. How respected the person feels often dictates how they interpret their value to the organization. You will seek validation elsewhere if you don't feel valued where you are. And that is in your professional life and that is in your personal life. If you do not feel respected by the person you are codependent on, uh, by the people that you are tasked to work with to complete a common goal, you you might go through the motions and fake it to make it, but you're going to then go look elsewhere for that validation. And you're going to seek it from other areas of your life. And some of those other areas might not be that positive or or help you in your current situation, but you'll, you need that validation. So 
if, if your team doesn't feel respected, they're going to go look for somewhere where they will. MI also emphasizes the importance of evoking and strengthening employees' motivation for change. Employees can achieve this by asking, uh, excuse me, employers or, or leaders can achieve this by asking their team open-ended questions, encouraging reflections, exploring workplace values and goals. By guiding employees to connect their work with their aspirations and core values, employers can help find meaning, help them find meaning and purpose in their work. This connection increases employee satisfaction and instills a sense of fulfillment. Open-ended questions, the beauty of them is they give power to the other person to answer however they see fit. It gives them the autonomy to interpret, process, and think through this question. And the cool thing, too, when you ask those type of questions is it truly does allow you to be kind of in the passenger seat of that problem-solving journey. So it allows your staff member or the person you're codependent on to have their hand on the steering wheel to decide how fast or slow should we, we should go, if we should go left or we should go right. And you're in the passenger seat, and you might be providing feedback. You're definitely there to support them. You might be building that relationship. You're there to have their back, and if they, if they ask for your advice, you give it. But they're the, they're the ones driving that process. And that's when we keep talking about that autonomy, the empowerment, the collaboration. Taking time to ask the right questions is critical to employee empowerment and engagement. The best way to modify your approach is to change your do's and don'ts to how's and what's. For example, let me know what you think of this question. Imagine that your supervisor, your leader, your coworker, whoever, your, someone in your relationship, they ask you this type of question. Let me know um, how you think you would interpret it. Here's the question. Don't you think we should pay more attention to our front-end customer service? How do you interpret that question? What kind of question is that in your mind? If you were, if you were in a workplace and your supervisor asked you that, how would you interpret it? I'll read it again. Don't you think we should pay more attention to our front-end customer service? What do you think? The challenge, I think, with this question or this style is that it implies that the problem and solution have already been identified. By saying, don't you think, essentially the person asking the question is really saying, don't you agree with what I think? You are simply requesting um, compliance with what the person believes the correct direction is to go in. Uh, so then you can move right into the problem solving and the problem solving that you think will help with the solution. You start a question like, don't you think, don't you realize, let's be honest. Those aren't really questions. Th these are just I'm leading the witness so we can get to where I think we should be. Open-ended question employs MI principles and recognizes that change is a gradual and ongoing process. It empowers the person to think through and talk through their own change and their problem solving. Notice that the leader isn't asking the team member to solve the issue, but empowering them to consider a step towards the solution, which is uh, really important as well. It's one of the most common questions sometimes leaders make or, or someone who's trying to guide someone else is, well, what do you think you, you can do to fix the issue? Or what do you think you need to do to make the thing better? Essentially, you're, you're, you're giving advice too soon. You're jumping into problem solving too soon. If they could answer that early on in the interaction, then they would have probably already solved the, the issue in the first place. 
So guide them there first. Allow them to really think, drive their thinking, get their wheels spinning uh, up top. That is the purpose of those open-ended, open-ended questions. Uh, you should celebrate and acknowledge even the smallest steps your employees take towards their goals. Um, the smallest achievements, as long as it's a new achievement. Now, because sometimes I'll get kicked back for this. Well, if, if a team member enters their case note and I give them a bunch of props and then they enter their case note again, am I supposed to give them more credit? And then if they do it again, keep giving them credit? Doesn't am I, At some point, am I just not giving them credit for doing what they should do? That's not what I'm telling you to do. But if your goal is to help them get from someone who rarely enters their case notes consistently to someone who is now it's just become a habit to enter them, then yes, you do have to recognize the steps towards it becoming a new task to a habit. Uh, so if they get it in one day on time, you, you might give them props. And then if it's a week, and then if they were able to navigate uh, getting them done despite being on PTO, you're recognizing new achievements, but a lot of the times in the beginning, it's going to be small ones, and it's okay to to give them props for that. And when you give them credit and you recognize achievement, it really can help your team uh, see future obstacles, setbacks, uh, and then even treat the adversity as growth opportunities instead of, oh, I'm I just failed, or this isn't this isn't me. I'm just not good at this type of stuff. All statements that reinforce staying the same in the status quo that for you as a leader are the most uh, challenging to where you're trying to elevate your team. Uh, ultimately, Speak for MC, Speak for Motivating Change was created because of MI, because of motivational interviewing. This company would not be here if it wasn't for being inspired by the principles of MI uh, 12 or so years ago. In my professional travels, there is yet to be a technique better equipped for building a team of independent thinkers willing to unite around a shared vision. By incorporating motivational interviewing principles in the workplace culture, employers are investing in the well-being and development of their employees. Employees who feel supported, uh, listened to, understood, will likely remain committed, engaged, and motivated. Better yet, the positive effects of MI are not limited to individual employees, but need to be extended uh, to overall organizational productivity and success. Uh, so bottom line is if you add MI to your culture, uh, your, to your one-on-one -on -one interactions with leaders and their team members, you model those principles. They will then do the same with each other. And in that, you'll create that positive reinforcement cycle of a team that understands the importance of compassion, non-judgmental interactions, optimistic problem solving, and working together. And what workplace doesn't want that? What leader doesn't want that? I appreciate you listening to the Speak for MC podcast. Uh, as always, I encourage you to go to social media. Check us out on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel at Speak for MC. And check me out on this next podcast. You have the power to inspire change. You have, you have the power to lead. The best version of you is waiting for you to do it. And I believe that you can. I appreciate y'all. See you next time. Peace.